Hogan welcoming you to the Prairie Doc radio program. Rick Holm, our Prairie Doc, is in the studio ready to answer your questions of a medical nature. Dr. Holm's specialty is internal medicine. He's a physician with the Avera Medical Group Brookings. He's also a clinical professor at the University of South Dakota Sanford School of Medicine and an affiliation with South Dakota State University. Dr. Holm is conducting medical research. Good morning, Good Dr. Morning. Holm. Morning. It's a surprise for me to have you here. We discussed this last night by text. For any of our regular listeners, last week you heard Dr. Holm discuss uh, what he's been dealing with since October. He had a diagnosis of cancer in October. He's had three rounds of chemo. And last week he discussed with our radio audience what is going to occur this week. On Monday, he was scheduled to have surgery and then that got delayed till Tuesday. Then that got delayed. So, Dr. Holm, why don't you bring us all up to date as to what is happening? So, here we were. You know, we put off the surgery, not Monday, but Tuesday. Okay, well, we'll, you know, we, we spent the day. You can handle of, that. <laughs> yeah. Spent the day with a family, and, you know, we went to the lake, and we, you know, we just kind of took a meditative day, got you know some things finished up at the clinic that I should have finished up and then <clears throat> as we were going to bed at 11 to get up at 3 30 and drive, this is Monday night right Monday night the surgeon called me and said you know I'm look re-looking and re-reviewing and rethinking this and uh it looks like there's a single liver artery not two that usually you usually have you usually have two arteries you have one single artery and that means that if that artery is messed with then you lose your blood supply to your liver and you die um, unless you get a liver transplant Uh, so uh, that's a dangerous scenario oh and oh by the way it's coming off an artery that makes it so that it's close to the pancreas it's going through the pancreas in fact and so that if you just did a uh, resection of the head of the pancreas with your anatomy there's a 9% chance that it will bleed out bleed out, and mm. or it will kill the liver. So that uh, we just, uh, it's, a mo- it's a more complicated picture than your usual picture for pancreatic uh, or WIPA procedures. You don't do anything the simple way, do you, Rick? No. No, no. Got to be complicated. <coughs> okay. So, uh, sorry, you're not going to go to surgery tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to call the Mayo Clinic and see if we can get that done. So he called the Mayo Clinic. I, uh, I, I have a friend who is a Mayo Clinic doctor internist that worked through uh, the what's called the American College of Physicians, this organization. I called him. He also greased the skids a little bit, I think, and called. Uh, and, uh, but I think it was just the surgeon that called this interesting case, and they love interesting cases at the Mayo. And Great so. to be loved by the mail. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great reassurance. So you have a surgeon who now is ready to take your case, but it's in Rochester, Minnesota. Right. And it will be tomorrow that I will see him after repeat blood work. And uh, and then my guess is it will be another, you know, it, it's either going to be he'll take me to surgery next week or he's going to give me more chemo or this time radiation in that area. I don't know what he's going to do. The, the idea is that they like what this is. They have been doing. Um, my surgeon directed the oncologist to give me pre-surgery chemo called neoadjuvant chemotherapy. And uh, so shrink the tumor with this chemotherapy before the surgery so you have a better chance of being able to resect it. 
And apparently the chemo, the mayo is all excited about that as well. <laughs> okay. And so, but they may, that may delay it another month, you know, oh. who knows, or more. You'd be more excited if you knew. It, yeah. it is so hard when ah. you have something, you're ready to do it, and you can't, you can't proceed. But yet, you have to really admire your surgeon in Sioux Falls for catching this, for recognizing yes. the dangers, yes. and was more than happy to recommend going to Mayo, and that's that's where you, you know, are at this point. When your surgeon refers you, it's I've sent a ton of stuff uh, to the Mayo or or to Sioux Falls when it's something that we really it's not going to provide the best care that you can give uh, here. I mean, and I've I have kept people here when I know that it's going to provide the best care, better than at Mayo, better than at Sioux Falls because. You've got one guy watching over you. You know, you've got, uh, I know the limits of my, you know, my my uh, talents and or the capacity of our hospital. And so there's times when it's better that they stay home for a lot of reasons. But also there's a time to send them. And, and, this, and that's what he did. This is what happened. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to take our first break. We're happy to have you listening. We'll be back right after these words. No, no, in, in Rochester, 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 Minnesota. Bob, tell us the good. Anyone who happens to be heading to Rochester, well, they have, they have two locations. I don't know where the second one is. First one is on the north side of town. It's up in the same shopping mall uh, uh, where the where Buffalo Wild Wings is, and there's a, a couple of places up there. But it's called uh, Ting's Philly Steak Sandwich, and it's Ting T I N G T I N G, and it's a it's a, a little guy from the from uh, China that has it and then he's got some folks in the middle east there you'd think that it would be pita bread and things like that but you go in it's like the saturday night live skit oh yeah and, order cheeseburgers, and they are the best i mean they're cheeseburger. so good cheeseburger, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. so when you order french fries they take a they take a raw potato and they throw it in the slicer and they dice it in front of you and then they dump it in this big vat of grease of course and it's the worst thing in the world for you but it's a pretty unique dining experience so yeah, if you get a chance a good and reason bored, to be yeah Right. I, I, I want you to know. You need more than one reason to be in Rochester. My wife, my wife is trying to fatten me up, you know, because it'll I, do it. <laughs> <laughs> Tings, cheeseburger, 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 and other than that, it's Philly steak, Philly steak, Philly steak. And that's right? all they make. They don't make Just anything Philly else. Steak. They make ah. Philly steak sandwiches, and, and that's it. Hash browns, or I mean, and, and, right, French, and fries. French fries, yep. fresh French fries, cut right before your very eyes. <laughs> well, there's wonderful reasons to be in Mayo, then, right? Right. Yeah. So there you go. Well, yeah. you know, it's interesting. Um, I have a dear friend who is a uh, uh, an internist in this ACP group as well. He when he comes to the Mayo because his kidneys have failed and he's on dialysis, and he's a transplant candidate. Uh, when he come he comes to the Mayo, uh, he generally hangs with this buddy of ours, and uh, so I mean you you make friends. So he's at the Mayo this week. Uh, oh so I'm going to have lunch with him tomorrow, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rick, wherever you go, you make friends. Even if you didn't have a friend before yeah. you got there, you will have one after one day there. I know that. Oh, boy. Well, we wish you all the best. Thank uh, you. I know the people listening may have some medical questions other than having to do with cancer. Well, I, I've got some issues, you do. medical well, issues. What in issues do you have in mind? Well, I, I was, I've been... Um, 
I'm working on my the first chapter. I've got the second chapter, the eighth chapter, and I've got the first chapter and the third chapter all done. Chapter the first of what? Chapter, chapter of, of what? It's called the fourth season, the and it's about the fourth season of your life. Good name for it. I like that. The fourth like season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fourth season of your life. And the you're writing season. a book right now, and you've been working on a number of chapters. So I've now you're 12, on chapter number one? Twelve chapters. I've got all of the chapters really kind of outlined. I've got essays that fit all of the points that I'm making. I'm just, you know, I'm just kind of reforming the words in a, in a way that make it flow and make the point. So today uh, I've been working on the story of the woman who had a scooter chair. Uh, I knew that she was capable of doing more than uh, what she uh, was doing, and she was she's not a big heavy lady, and she's not uh, terribly disabled, but she'd had a heart attack, and she thought, well, if I've had a heart attack, you know, I need someone to, you know, I like the idea of riding around on a scooter chair. And I said, this is not good news. This will not, I will not write a prescription for you you need to be up and walking you don't need to be sitting in a chair you know a chair is the new cigarette smoking well you mentioned that a couple of weeks ago so Just uh, sitting around is not good for you so in a, uh, I said no don't do it this is not a good idea I'm not gonna write a prescription for one that's for sure and about two weeks later she called me and said I bought my own I found a used one, and I'm good. I've, I'm gonna be. I'll be just fine. And about six months later, the family called me and said, "Our mother has become so profoundly weak, and so disabled. I we can't. Something's wrong, and we think it's the chair." And I said, "I think it is too, but let me see her." So I saw her. I examined her. I looked at all of her lab. The whole nine yards, and I think it was the chair. So we took the chair away. The family did. I didn't. I just said, yes, I agree with you. Take that chair, that dang chair away. So in about a year later, she was back almost to where she was before. But it was remarkable how profoundly harmful just a chair can be. And that was that was the that was the aha to me and just the the corollary is true don't you think the value of being up and moving and shaking and getting out of that chair and doing things and you know there are people who are thin and healthy and active and they're not exercising they're just they're active. going all the time they're just going uh i can't uh you know i i sense that there are a lot of us are organized enough where there's we don't need to go there's no place to go. And so uh, I, I have found that if I commit myself to 45 minutes of vigorous exercise three days a week and a mile walk the other days, that I have, I will gain greatly from it. And it has been a wonderful thing in my life. Will it guarantee you you won't get pancreatic cancer? I no. guess not. <laughs> guess not. <laughs> but... Uh, the major th- reason to do it has not to do with um, just the fact that uh, you're going to live longer. Chances are you will live longer, longer, and certainly it will help you avoid the danger of that scooter chair. 
It's not just living longer. It's the quality of the years you live. That's you know, the if you're sitting reason in a, to do it. Right. It just makes you feel better. My 94-year-old patient who's in my, my uh, research group says, I can't understand why people don't exercise every day. It just makes you feel so good. Well, you feel better afterwards. You really do. Now, what are, we know what the weather is like today. It's miserable out. It's cold. Yesterday, about blew away. I had a scarf around my neck, lost it twice. You know, I had to <laughs> grab it. I thought it would stay on. It wouldn't stay on. Today, I don't think the wind's the, quite as bad, but the temp is well, colder. If somebody's inside, they're living on their own, they, they're not going to go outside. Unless you would never recommend that they go outside. No. Can't what exercise can they do just in their home, just walking around the now, rooms, or what do you suggest? I think the major thing to to do is to get up off that chair and be active and doing something. Uh, I I think just uh, walking in around the kitchen and working on something or other will do things. If you can if you can uh, uh, just do the things that you need to do, clean up that back uh, hallway. You know what I mean? It's a you know find be, something to do. Find something to do and get sitting. up off your duff and get moving. Yep. Yeah. Uh, if you feel like, okay, I'm gonna, uh, I've been active long enough, I am going to sit down for a while, okay, that's okay. But if you just sit in that chair all day long, you're going to fall in the way of that man who became extremely disabled by a, 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 by a, a um, scooter chair. Something like 20%, by the way, of the, of the, of the population uh, is disabled. That's a large percentage. Yeah, it's amazing yeah. the percentage of people who are disabled, mm -hmm. and much of that can be related to uh, uh, inactivity-induced pain. Uh, one of the one of the biggest problems we have with chronic pain is that it is enhanced by sitting in that daggone chair. Boy, that's tough. You're in pain, so you sit, and because you're sitting, you have you're more, in pain. more pain. Not a good deal. So even if you're in pain, get up and move. Try We've to had one caller with a question, and we're yeah. going to get to that caller's question right after this break. Oh. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Joan Hogan. In the studio with me is Dr. Rick Holm, who is supposed to have had surgery on Monday, but it has been delayed a few times with some complications, and he will be heading to Mayo Clinic tomorrow, and hopefully... They will schedule this surgery sooner so we can get that cancer out of your body. Right? I, I just want to get it over with. You I know. know. It's just, so it's my surgeon says to me, Rick, Rick, don't push. If they want to do something and delay it a bit and do this and do that and do radiation, you know, say yes. <laughs> That's hard on you to say yes, though. You just oh, want to push it. Do it. Come on. Get okay. this done well let's forget about it for a second and go okay. to our next call we had a woman call in we appreciate your call she's 66 years old and when she tries to stand in one position she has back trouble but she can walk fine no pain when she's walking what do you think is going on well i think the the mere fact that it doesn't hurt when she's walking tells us that uh it is probably a muscle spasm muscle uh reaction uh, it it might be uh, triggered by a nerve that's crunched by a spinal stenosis or by an arthritic thing, but um, I think the fact that it uh, is better when she moves tells us that uh, it's one of those things that uh, you you can help by moving, uh, and that uh, it, the first thing that I thought of when I heard the the story is stretch stretch stretch. Uh, we we just finished a three-month treatment for 70-year-old people 
Uh, we gave both groups, we divided it into two groups. They were 70 or older. Uh, we divided it into two groups, equal uh, women and men in each group, e equal ages in each group. And then we, um, one group, the blue group, got walking every day, and the other group got uh, exercises every day. And both groups got dietary education. Uh, and so uh, long and the short of the dietary education was eat less and eat a balanced diet with whole, you know, less processed food. That was it. Uh, you can say that a million times, but that was it. The exerciser group uh, was the, the, the intervention. And the intervention was stretching as well as strengthening as well as balance exercise which was amazing because we had the most, oh my gosh, I could tell right away my balance was better. And then the last group was a hopping exercise. If you hop, you get better to be able to catch yourself if you're falling. If you hop, it makes your bones stronger. Uh, so, uh, so there were four components. One was the uh, stretching, which is what I'm thinking this lady or this person needs uh, for that pain that hurts when you're standing but you're not moving. Uh, but the other, the second um, is uh, the strengthening. The third one is the balance, and the fourth is the hopping. And so um, here's what I would recommend for the person. Whoever, wherever that discomfort might be, um, I would uh, stretch that area probably three times a day um, in a four-second to eight-second stretch, 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 back, 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 and stretch, 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 now, stretch. I back, can see back, what you're doing. Back, you're going back. back and forth. If she's standing and her back is sore, are you saying she should lean forward? Or I, how do I you would, stretch that? I would find the area that, you know, she can tell you where it is. It's right, right there. Right there. Feel, I can feel it stretching when I'm doing this. Oh, okay. So I, she should try to find out what it is that hurts when she stretches, I mean, find that area and gently stretch it. Don't overstretch it. Don't make it hurt. Just make Just it stretch, stretch it. and okay. make it and start easy. Go slow. And I would do it three, three, three times a day. I'd probably do five to ten stretches uh, carefully and slowly and not overdo it. Second thing I would do is you can use what's called Janet Travell's uh, um, uh, trigger point pressure method. That was, Janet Travell was a physiologist and the, the doctor of President um, Kennedy. Oh, okay. Who had back pain. Oh, yes, he did. And so if you find the trigger point where it hurts, it's, it hurts right there. If you get your spouse to put their thumb on right your on back, that spot. find the spot, if, or you can find the spot. Uh, you can have your, your uh, spouse put their fist or their thumb in the spot for seven-second periods of time and repeat that times five. Or you can find the doorknob. If you can find a doorknob, that's a, that's a kind of a door handle, so not that one. You want a, a knob, a round knob. a nice knob. round knob. If you could push you on that. you find that spot, and then you put pressure on the trigger point uh, times um, for seven seconds times five, uh, you can you can affect that trigger point pain. Um, you've ever, either so one pressure. of you ever had trigger point kind of yes. pain? Yes. 
Yeah. My back. And, you know, what? most recently, I think most of our listeners know I had a knee replaced a couple of months ago. My back would hurt a bit. And my physical therapist, Chuck, who we know right. at the uh, clinic, said, Joan, here's one exercise. If you lie down and you just pull your knee up to the opposite shoulder, I said, how is that going to help my back? Just trust me. And if, you let, you know, if you're prone on the bed, whatever, and right. pull that knee up to the opposite shoulder, then do the other knee and do both of them a couple of times. Just pull them mm -hmm. up, you stand up, and it helps your back. Yeah, I yeah. have no idea why it works, it but it works. It's, it's stretching. stretching that point. It just, I wish I'd give, been given that exercise 40 years ago. Yeah. I mean, I've just often had a pain right there in my back, and that's the best exercise I've had. Hey, we are running out of time. We have one more caller with a question, so we're going to take our final break. We'll get to your question right after these words. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Rick Holm is here, ready to answer your questions. We have another question. A gentleman who's 65 years old called in, and he is concerned about why his urine is more yellow than it had been Before. in the past. Yeah. Yes. Very important question, really. It's a clue. Uh, it might be a clue to uh, some liver problems because uh, when the uh, bilirubin starts to rise in your blood, the urine starts to get more golden. Now, um, I, I found that happen to me when my liver was obstructed by a cancer of the bile duct. And so what happened is uh, I was having this week of belly pain, and then I noted that my urine was starting to get, gee, very concentrated. That's what my answer was. Gee, that's concentrated. It's just golden, golden yellow. And uh, when I finally had my gallbladder out, because that was, we were hopeful that that was the cause, uh, the um, the urine was golden brown, you know, it was brown yellow, uh, and my bilirubin was seven to nine, you know, at that point before they put the stent in and released the pressure of the biliary tract. So that was interesting. I've never seen that really manifest itself. Well, since then, I've had one episode where the urine, where the where the stent blocked and where my urine started getting golden brown again. <laughs> Which you didn't want. I didn't no. want, and of course it, it, was, it was rising, and we replaced the stent and the problem went away. So, to this man who has golden or dark urine, most likely it doesn't mean a thing. It's just that you're not, you're, 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 uh, you're dry. And my personal opinion is, doesn't mean that you have to drink water. If you're thirsty, drink water. If you're not thirsty, don't feel a compunction to drink water. As far as I'm concerned, our body has a thirst mechanism that tells you when you're dry. And this is a kind of a dry time of the year. People don't drink an, a lot of fluid here. I'm not, I didn't say enough. Did you, say, did you hear Just me? Just not a lot. Not a lot. So your urine is, can be more concentrated. But it might be that something else is happening. So what I would suggest that you do is to go in and see your regular primary care doctor or nurse practitioner or PA and uh, suggest that the urine might be dark and that you had heard on the radio that, that sometimes that happens when the bilirubin uh, is elevated or something's going on in the kidney as well. So liver and kidney needs to be tested. Very good. I'm sure this would be very helpful to him. I think it might, yeah. it, okay. but more than, likely, more than likely, more than likely, you're okay. <laughs> you're fine. Yeah. It's just, but it doesn't hurt urine. to be checked. Yeah. Right. 
Okay, we, you know, we only have a couple minutes remaining, and in that time, I'd like to talk about tomorrow night's On Call with the Prairie Doc. Right. We have, you will not be there. You'll be I on the road. I will not be there. Actually, we're going to be at the Mayo Clinic. It will be no way that I'm going to get back right. in time. But the guest host is going to be Andrew Ellsworth, who has been on our program. He's a local physician. He was with the Vera Medical Group, and he's going to be talking about living with hearing loss. Right. Well, he's going to be the host. The host. And the ears, nose, and throat doctor. It's Greg, I don't know how to say his name, DeSaltel? Yeah, Desatel. Desatel, Desatel. He's with the Sanford Ear, Nose, and Throat Clinic, and he will be the expert, right? All right, one more po- uh, point that uh, yes, we're Avera doctors, uh, but we don't uh, pick systems, and we're not. We're basically here for the purpose of finding the best uh, doctor to advise us, and Desatel is just fast. fabulous uh, ears, nose, and throat. Really, I got to know Desitel through my wife, who met him on a missionary project to Haiti. He was down there doing ears, nose, and throat missions. Well, it's great. And really, your television program has incorporated doctors from Rapid City, from all over, not just Avera, Avera, Sanford. It is a program that reaches out to all of South Dakota. We sure try. You do, and you give really good Good information. I'm looking forward to it. I do know that um, hearing loss is really a problem. I think of my mother when she was, she died at 90, but when she was about 86 on, it was so hard for her to hear, and the woman loved parties. You know, she could be at a party, she was happy, but then she'd sit there, she couldn't hear Couldn't hear a darn thing anybody was saying. So frustrating. You get I a noisy room. Yeah, and Most you Most of hear. us lose our, our hearing in the higher range, and therefore... All sounds are in the lower range, and they don't de- define themselves. You know, it's everything is muddy. That's all you hear. Yeah. So uh, that's the major issue. You'll learn about different kinds of hearing loss tomorrow, <clears throat> and it'll be very interesting. I, I Desitel is a very interesting guy, and and it's been a joy to get to watch Andrew Ellsworth. You know, kind of blossoming as a new doctor in town, and. Uh, he's very interesting. He's a fine young man. He really is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is it true that farmers often have a b- bigger problem with hearing loss because of working on tractors? And you know, the something like 80% of hearing loss is due to noise exposure, 60-80%. And uh, uh, farmers in particular, I, 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 uh, I talked about it in the essay, uh, they, you get a uh, John Deere 1 or is it a 2-cylinder it's a two-cylinder tractor. She listened to that for hours on Oh, end. gosh, I remember a guy had one of those, and I walked up to talk to him, and I couldn't couldn't be heard. No, because just the tractor so made loud. so much and noise. So you, sit, you turn with your, you've got your head turned to the right as you watch your cultivator go, you know, over sure. the line of the corn all day long, day in and day out, cultivating so surprise, they, surprise when you have hearing loss. They don't cultivate anymore, apparently. Well, they really improved the tractors, too, and the sound, and now they're in air-conditioned boxes just about. Right, and, they, and they're not cultivating because they're, doing, they're using uh, spray instead of driving through the field day after day. Oh, we're done. We're done, and we hope you've all enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program, and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Dr. Holm, you know everyone listening and everyone in this room is praying for you. Thank Let's you. hope it goes well. Thank you and we will continue lifting our prayers for you tomorrow, Dr. Holm. We will think about you. Why don't you have Joni or somebody call, let us know. Keep us abreast. That's all you do. I will. Because we worry. I will. I'll let you know. Thanks so God much. God bless and best luck. Thank you.